Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Silmarillion Film Project. This is session number four of season seven. And tonight, uh, we are going to figure out the frame story. Um, so, of course, the tradition has been that uh, we have had a uh, a frame story ever since season one, when when we had the Ainulindale and the story of the beginning of, of Arda. Um, happening within the frame of Elrond teaching young Estelle. How old was he at the time? Like seven, eight, ten. He was ten, ten. at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Of course he was ten, because it was, we had Bilbo come in at the end. I forgot about the Bilbo cameo, cameo and, there. And the middle. Right, yes, yes. So, um, anyway, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, so we, we've been, we've been, uh, it's, it's been a, a, a decision we made a long time ago and we've been following through and it's been really fun to sort of have this uh, sort of ongoing point of contact between the story of the first age as it has unfolded and the story of the third age with because the frame has been proceeding chronologically essentially from then as well and so we are we're kind of marching at these different paces uh, from the uh, you know, from the the years prior to the War of the Ring, uh, up through that time towards the War of the Ring, while we've been going through the first stage. So, um, we this is going to be a fun discussion because we have. Um, well, I would say we have no ideas, but we have no plan <laughs> in place. Uh, we had like last last time we had a plan. We just had some decisions to make about how we were going to execute that plan. Um, this season we have no set plan coming in, so uh, we're kind of coming from scratch at this. Um, before we get too much further in, though, quick announcements. We have our busy moot season still coming up here, uh, including this very week in two days. we're gonna I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado for Mountain Moot. Um, so Mountain Moot is going to be our second annual Mountain Moot up in Denver. Looking forward to seeing folks there again. Uh, still time to join. <laughs> had, had, somebody, had somebody sign up to to come in person just earlier today, so there's still time to come and join us. Um, and then we have our next moot is Bayou Moot down in New Orleans, uh, Nolens, Louisiana. We're we're looking forward to. Uh, I we've never been there before for a moot, so this is that's a that's a brand new area for us. Um, and then of course we're going to turn over the calendar into 2024 with Osmoot down in Sydney, Australia. Uh, Osmoot was so much fun last year. Uh, can't wait to get back this year. And then Sunshine Moot in February, and we have a bunch more that are heading, uh, that are that are coming through, um, and we'll be hitting the Moot pipeline before long. We've got SoCal Moot now confirmed. We've got uh, uh, we've got a bunch of things coming. Potomac Moot in the in 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 your area, guys. We're going to be down in the like DC area for uh, uh, for a regional moot again. We haven't done that in many years, but um, anyway, going to be um, going to be great uh, fun. Uh, lots of others too. We're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be going to the UK. We're going to be going to back to Texas, of course. I think Houston again this year uh, is what's uh, what looks like is shaping up uh, for uh, for Tex Moot uh, this year. Um, back up to Canada, so. Um, lots of fun uh, here in the first half of 2024 as well. All right. Um, okay, so I think uh, uh, it looks, Marie, like your new goal is to 
uh, try for new records of like what percentage of the broadcast you can get uh, me talking about the map. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> seems to be what's happening here. Well, um, this is also narrowing the possibilities for frame stories to you know the known world. Yes, yes. It yeah. was one of the most comprehensive maps that is appropriate for the third age that I could find. It's um, pretty nice. It's based on the one that is annotated by Pauline Baines and Tolkien. Um, yes. But obviously this is not the one with their handwriting on it. Right. I right. couldn't find a good scan of that one. So yeah, this is probably um, more legible. It, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I, you know, you can see the little place because the green of course represents Tolkien's notes. So you can see like uh, his correction of the spelling of Enid Wythe and uh, various other things that he has uh, added or corrected uh, along the way. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just, um, I'm looking at this, like uh, his note about the rivers in Gondor. It's like, yeah, man, don't mess with Tolkien about the rivers in Gondor. Anyway, all right, so we, we make, make, I'm not going to get drawn into a 45-minute discussion of the map. Tempting though that is. Um, uh, so here's the frame stories so far. So as I mentioned, we started with 10-year-old Estelle. Um, and I mentioned, um, you know, the instructional context between Elrond and Estelle. But of course, Gilrine was really the kind of heart of that one. And the, the sort of tension between Gilrine and, um, uh, and Breakout Elrond. star. Yeah. Gilrein was the breakout star of the frame of season one. Um, we shifted to Arwen. Um, we know, of course, before she returns to uh, Rivendell and meets Aragorn, she was in Lothlorien uh, with Galadriel and Celeborn. Uh, season two, of course, being the one about the awakening of the elves and their journey to Valinor, um, we had Arwen contemplating the question of what, um, first of all, like, what is the purpose of the elves? Which, of course, the elves themselves were trying to sort out back in the first stage and largely <clears throat> coming to the wrong decision. Um, and, of course, the, this, this sort of led us to um, uh, uh, the, the, the question of what, what does it mean for Arwen to be the even star? What, what, is, what, is, uh, what is sort of the point of that? So there was a lot of um, thinking and kind of development of the concept of Arwen's character by, by, like, on, very, on her own part. Very subtle conversations, very small movements in yes. the mode of thinking. Very elvish frame, that one was. Yes. <laughs> in that way. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the most elvish frame. That's, there's definitely no the question. Definitely the most elvish frame, for sure. For sure. Um, and which, considering it's, it's the origin story of the elves that we're telling in that season, that is relatively appropriate. Yep, yep. For no, elvish seems- audiences. Seems seems just right. Yeah, the Elvish audiences really really got into that. Okay, so uh, uh, that season three, which of course was the one that was, was when covering we overcompensated for the Elvish frame, <laughs> exactly yes. by the very very human frame of season three, and of course the uh, so this was young S, this was teenage Estelle, what like sixteen ish, right? Yeah, in that neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, so this is teenage Estelle uh, kind of feeling himself, uh, having adventures with the Dunedain. 
uh, befri- befriending, uh, making a friend named Hamilcar, uh, who, uh, who dies and, um, you know, uh, Eladon and Elro here chasing him around and trying to fix things and, and stuff. Um, and of course the interesting parallel here was, of course, season three is the big Feanor season, right? It starts with the, um, the burning of the ships, right? And, and, uh, ended essentially at the death of Feanor a little bit after, um, Starts a little before that, ends a little after that, but it was basically the primary like troubles problem. The, re- <laughs> the rebellion of the Noldor, is yeah, the yeah. first half of the season, yeah, exactly. Um, with some meanwhile in Beleriand, <laughs> yes, with some meanwhile in Beleriand, um, right? That's when we did the the battle with um, the orcs and the death of Denethor and the green elves getting slaughtered and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yes. Um, so um, anyway, oh, and uh, spiders and the. Girdle, right? All that stuff was that That's was all, all season, season three. three. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. there yeah. as well. Uh, good old Norn, our original dwarf. Um, yeah, so uh, so so the, the kind of the parallel that we were doing there in the frame of season three um, was paralleling Aragorn and Feanor, basically, sort of showing the kind of potentials there and um, the 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 choices that were being made. Um, uh, so that I thought was that was that was sort of interesting. Yes, so of considering course, how uh, we had paralleled him to Melkor in season one, like <laughs> poor little Estelle. <laughs> right. Not that we're like trying to be menacing uh, about I mean, the future of, of, of Aragorn, but I, I'll tell you that I can I I can see the comparison between a small child and Melkor more now than I could then, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've had more firsthand experience with small children in the interim. <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, season four. Um, now, season four was of Beleriand and its realms, right? So this was, um, you know, one of the primary threads was the discovery of the truth of the Kinsling coming out and Thingol banning, you know, the ban of uh, Thingol and stuff. Um, and it ended with uh, Glaurung coming out of hiding, um, briefly. And... Um, so here we did our dwarf um, frame. We had Balin, our Erebor Gandalf. frame, yeah, yeah. Balin, Gandalf, and Bilbo returning to Erebor uh, for the an anniversary of the death of Smaug. We know that Bilbo did go to the Lonely Mountain at one other time and saw everything, and so we we did the, a frame in that moment uh, when Bilbo returns back to Erebor. Um, and I'm the. The thing we were doing there, as I recall, because, of course, it was all about um, uh, sort of suspicion and trust and uh, betrayal of trust and overcoming betrayal of trust, yeah. and th- you know, within the, the main story. And so we were kind of we were looking at that with the people with the who dwarves. should be friends, yeah. not quite making it work and finding ways to get past them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of uh, stuff with uh, with the Men of Dale and the Wood Elves and the Dwarves, <laughs> like, you know, uh, which, which was fun because, of course, there there is this sense at the end of The Hobbit, right? You know, the, the Hobbit being like a fairy tale ends pleasantly, you know, in a very kind of and they all lived happily ever after except the master of Lake Town kind of way, <laughs> right? Um, you know, like it's we're, that is we're not really told many details about what the next decade, uh, you know, looked like um, in the greater Erebor region. We're just 
you know, we're asked to believe after the Battle of Five Armies that things were okay, right? Between the humans, you know, the humans and elves and dwarves all patched it up after the battle and, um, and things are merry and happy now by Gandalf's report, right? Again, apart from the unfortunate happenings with the Master of Lake Town. Um, so anyway, so we were kind of returning to that and really thinking through what is that, um, what does that look like? Um, uh, and that was, um, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Season five. Okay, not going to lie. Season five was my favorite frame of all the I, frames I, that we've done. I was going to ask you to rank these. And the, and, uh, I don't know uh, if I could rank them. That's too hard because then I got to say, like, which one was my I least give, favorite. You know, I can but, give you my top three for sure. That's that's okay, well, that's relatively easy. But this is also my number one. Frame is my number one for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, again, season five was when humans arrive um, in Beleriand, right? So from uh, Beor's arrival um, and befriending by Finrod um, all the way up through the Dagor Bragalach. And um, including the whole Athrobeth story uh, with Andreth and Ignor uh, being a major feature of that season as well. Um, and the frame was Gandalf going to Harad... Uh, as the return of Sauron impacts the area. So one of the primary things we were kind of investigating in that frame story was what does it look like as Sauron is just beginning to return to power, as Sauron is beginning to uh, reestablish his ancient power base in Ruin and Harad, what does that look like on the ground? What does that look like within the context of the Haradrim cultures, which on the one hand do have an ancient affiliation with Sauron, but that was very ancient. It was a long time ago, right? Um, And how would Sauron go about restoring that? And what would that do to the people? And how would that happen? Um, So we know that Gandalf went to the south, as in Kanos, right? So we um, uh, so we told this story of, uh, we invented this, uh, the Hobbiton of Herod, right? The, uh, the place where Gandalf occasionally goes and is recognized and welcomed like, or sort of mostly welcomed, like he is sort of mostly welcomed in Hobbiton, um, at least prior to the Bilbo's party fiasco. And, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so so that that story of the the incursions being made by the cult of Sauron in uh, uh, in our, our our little Haradrim town um, was the 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 key there, um, including a fun Boromir and Faramir parallel, uh, and then ultimately having one of the Haradrim uh, folks the 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 uh, returning with Gandalf to Gondor uh, at the end of that frame. Um, so we obviously have to return to him in a future frame, <laughs> For sure. clearly, in a Gondorian context, at, le- at the very least in a, uh, um, in a uh, Thorongil context, I would think. Yes. Um, and then, of course, last season, season six, which was the Baron and Luthien season, we did Arwen and Aragorn. This was the one that we like knew about from furthest away, right? Like, from season one, we were like, obviously, let's do, you know, Aragorn sees Arwen and calls her to Nuviel, uh, that story as the frame of the Baron and Luthien story, to bring those two, uh, stories into close contact, uh, together there. Um, and, um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that's what we did, uh, last season. So, as we can see... 
our general trend has been, well, it's been various. Sometimes we're doing deliberately paralleled stories, right? Um, sometimes we're doing, we're kind of touching on similar themes, as, for instance, what we were just talking about with season four, with Bilbo returning to the Lonely Mountain and looking at, you know, exploring the sort of intercultural tensions, Nick, as you said, of uh, the difficulties of peoples who should be friends uh, and but have previously betrayed each other and whatnot. Um, that, of course, being a direct concern of the season itself. And so we were looking, we were kind of playing out similar themes in the two different contexts. Sometimes we've done the one-to-one parallel uh, characters like we were doing with Aragorn and Feanor uh, in season three, and of course with Aragorn and Arwen and Baron and Luthien to some extent, right? Playing those off each other in season six. Um, sometime we had, of course, season two was a much more was basically kind of a direct contemplation of the theme of the season from a third age context, right? As we were, you know, unfolding it in a second age context as well. Um, I think, interestingly, you know, Nick, our favorite frame is also the one that is least directly connected, I think, to the actual season itself, Um, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it's not unconnected, um, but it's but the, the connections are certainly less direct. It's harder to it's harder to say in like two sentences exactly how that frame connected to the uh, to the to the. Um, the season itself. Because um, the seasons... Well, the theme of season five, if I'm recalling correctly, was change, right? That was the one that was about change? That was about... Because it was with more, the mortals coming in and this perception of, of th- the pace of events accelerating and the elves exactly. trying, having to come to grips with the fact that uh, the world is changing and... Um, uh, Fingolfin realizing maybe he should like actually pay attention to the fact that he has and needs an heir, uh, and of course ending with his um, uh, the season ending with his his death. Um, so there was a connection there in the sense that change was coming to you know with the return of Sauron, change is coming back to Harad, right? Um, but it was it was of a, I mean it, there were still pretty wide differences. Um, again, you think about the the closeness of how the Arwen frame in season two considers the central theme, which was Elven home, right? Where do elves belong uh, of the primary season? And season five is worlds away from that, you know, from that kind of place of uh, really yeah. kind of directly engaging with that stuff. Yeah, as a as a story arc, it's the full story arc, I would say, it is not very closely tied. Now we were able to tie the individual episode themes yeah. into the frame pretty well. Um, but yes. Um, we, we made excuses for Gandalf to make the parallels for us. Yes. So he would be telling them a story of the first age just for the yeah. fun of it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it was, yes. it was a return kind of to the it was. I would say that that the season five frame um, did the best job of combining what was really great about the episode, the season one frame, mm-hmm. um, with kind of the 
with the season three frame, the practical lesson learning of the season yeah. three frame, yeah. um, which I think um, it was one of the reasons why it was so easy for us to tie the the individual episodes in as well as we were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when we have a clear and protracted um, story in the season frame, it's more difficult yes. to tie that into the um, uh, to tie that into the individual episodes. Right. Uh, for example, season six was kind of like that. It was it was kind of difficult at times to make the frame fit on an episode level with. Yes. Um, with the main story whereas the the frame itself fits the the yeah. season big picture yeah arc, it's, yeah, it's, it's great it's, yeah. it writes itself right sort of until you start getting into the individual episodes exactly because then until you, you try to actually write until it you actually try to write it yeah, <laughs> right. exactly uh, whereas we we found it very easy in uh, in season five right um, season four was another one that was kind of like that because even though now, of course, the theming fit better overall, um, but because we didn't have a protracted story to tell, we were able to make it what we wanted it to be, mm-hmm. um, and and tell that um, tell that frame story very, very easily and make it slot right into the uh, to the individual episodes. Mm-hmm. So I think. Um, I mean, I would say that the that season four, the season four frame might be the most successful. I think in general, hmm. um, whereas the season one frame is probably the most true to what we in, to being a frame, right? Right. right. It's the most framey of the, the frame stories. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've definitely had this ongoing challenge of trying to hit the right spot with what we're doing with the frame because there's plenty of tv shows that use a framing device um so it's not an unusual thing we're trying to accomplish here but sometimes that frame is very static it's like Mm -hmm. there is a storyteller who is telling the story and you pop back to them every once in a while and you can make that dramatic or have tension to it but it's still a storyteller frame Yes, And we've done storyteller frames as individual episodes, but we've shied away from making our frame. There is this one guy <laughs> who is telling this whole story, and we're going right. to just pop in and visit him every episode and see what he's doing. Um, so since we're not doing a strict storyteller frame, it's, then the question is, you know, what are we doing? And we're telling an original story, but we're trying to tie it in thematically and we're trying to make parallels within the episode. So it's, it's hit on different points of how active the frame is and how yes. much of an original story we're telling with it. Um, obviously the season four frame was all almost entirely made up of characters from the Hobbit. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the season five frame was almost entirely made up of original characters with the exception of Gandalf. Of Gandalf, yeah. And yeah. even he's running around as Inconis, so Right. It's not his typical right. uh role. 
so yeah, it was just it, we've we haven't quite managed to hit one arc of like this is what we're doing with the frame in film film. It's mm-hmm. more of a this is what we're doing with the frame this season. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Although if I had to pick a thing to do consistently, the somewhere between the season four and the season one frame, I think is it is probably the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I say, I think that season four was the most effective at supporting the main story. Right. Season one was more consistently a frame and it wasn't obtrusive into the main narrative yeah. in the same way that a lot of the other ones could have been. And season five is obviously a lot of fun. Um, I think it is probably the, let's say the third most effective, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, It has the same shortcoming that season three frame has, which is we were trying to tell a lot of stories in the frame. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a whole independent plot that we need to Work with. Introducing whole sets of new characters and whole world yeah. building and background and everything. Which oh, was a lot be... of fun and we had a great yeah. time with it. But <laughs> yes. at the end of the day, I think that is it still a frame or is it your fourth plot line? Right. I would right. I would say that the season five frame was still pretty effective. It was it was I agree. Pretty I, I think effective. that we Yeah. We we did pretty well with it, but yes, I agree that the it has been hard when this and this. I I think of season three as the the biggest example of this when we're trying to do too much story um, in the in the frame. We planned way more story for season three than ever made it into that oh, frame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like we had planned what could have been a whole season. <laughs> a whole season, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, a half a season. Six right. episodes. We we had planned six episodes worth of material for the season three frame, yeah. and then you sit down to do it, and you're like, oh, wait, we only have space for one episode here. Right. Yeah. Whereas exactly. season two had the opposite problem, where we mm-hmm. just had so... We had decided, okay, so this frame is going to be about Arwen figuring out what even right. are the elves. Right. Right. Um, and we had the benefits of having Kelborn and Galadriel right there, and they yeah. can they can help us with that because they were there, right? Um, and but that's very great. little happened within the yes. season two frame. We had several events and several flashback type of things to bring meaning to things, but basically it was Arwen sits around and talks to people and yeah. has feelings, yeah. which is fine, especially for a framing device. Yeah, but tracking the plot of that frame is tricky because right so very little yes. is happening and yes. as much as i enjoyed season six itself i found the the frame was probably the most disappointing thing about season hmm. six yeah because I, I i i especially found it very very difficult to to kind of shoehorn that story into the Baron and Luthien story because they resolve very differently. Well, that's right? exactly the thing. You're getting the the conceptual parallel that seemed so compelling, right, between Arwen and Erg is really a parallel between the Ar- the whole frame and one moment of the Baron and Luthien story, right. not the whole trajectory of the Baron and right. Luthien story. Right. Because, because we don't get there. Yeah. Right. The late, much, much later scene of the engagement 
of Arwen and Aragorn when they're yes. betrothed, then we get the rest of that story. But we're pretty much told that she doesn't think very much of him at their first meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, like, it oh, was okay. it was so nice to meet you, kid. <laughs> it was fascinating. The, and and I agree uh you know, Nick, I think it was I'm ha- I'm fine with how things came out, but I agree that was a that was that was challenging. That was challenging. And, and another another challenge with that one is it was the first frame where we had essentially two main characters to keep track of right because for every single other frame there's been one point of view character and then you know supporting cast yeah and it's been very clear whose story it was all along yes yes um and this one it was a let's sometimes have it be arwen's story and sometimes have it be aragorn's story and Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. they're both on screen together and sometimes they're not and yes we're just going to interweave this whole entire thing and that was a little ambitious for a frame mm-hmm. and it was your request that we completely interweave it and we and it was my objection that we could do exactly one episode interwoven and then in the end we did about half of them right interwoven right. so yeah, no it's and it was there were definitely yeah. some really fun things about the frame there are episodes that i felt the frame was very very strong yes. uh, one that stands out to me is the episode where um, Arwen goes to check in on Gilrein, who's not who, who's sick, uh, at the you know possibly intentional goading of Elrond, mm-hmm. and she's all upset with with Aragorn for not being there. And then it turns out that he is in fact uh, taking care of his mother rather than being out on adventures, which uh, I'm sure he'd rather be doing. <clears throat> right. And I felt like that particular episode, the frame was very strong, and it fit with the episode that it mm-hmm. that it was a part of but the, there is l- less about the season 6 frame that I look back on fondly I right. think right. than any other season possibly with the exception of season 2 um, yeah um, it was when, yeah, Corey when you're like oh can't name a worst one because you never have a least favorite child right like, yeah. except I think we've made it very clear yeah. which well, one is yeah. the least apparently you guys don't have that same problem yeah well so. I yeah I mean I it's not difficult for me at all um, <laughs> um yeah no so so when as we think towards season seven <laughs> there are a couple <laughs> there are a couple um uh, a couple things that I think are sort of good for us to think about. First of all, I'd like to start uh, with a small version of where we started in session one of this season, thinking about scope, right? Where do we want to end? Now that we know we have six more seasons, right, in the first age, where do we want to end the first age? And... Because, of course, we're still then going to have Second Age to do after that, right? So, um, but um, where do we want to, what do we want to get to? What are the, what are some of the major things that we definitely want to hit um, in the frame? Or is the bigger question, where do we want to start the Second Age? Sure. I mean, if, if the Second Age is going to end... Well, where would we need the second age to end? Like, 
at some point, our times are going to collapse, right? Right. Right. Well, we... at at some point, at some point, the frame narrative is going to have to move past. It's going to have to jump over, leapfrog over the Lord of the Rings, right? Um, or yeah, because the Hobbit, it it seems perfectly obvious that the Hobbit should be told by Bilbo in some context or other, right? Yeah. Like that seems perfectly fine. And so older Bilbo. Because it's the sort of story where we don't need to hide the ball that he's going to be okay. Because A, yeah. we've already told the audience he's going to be fine because we, we've we seen him right. since the events of The Hobbit in the frame. Yeah. Um, the Lord of the Rings, because it's a more perilous story, I'd want to be a little bit more coy mm-hmm. with who is telling the story. Um. Except it's got to be Sam. Well, you could do you could do something really interesting where you could have you could have three old older hobbits telling the different phases of the story, and then it turns out that it's Merry Sam and Pippin, and the two of them go to see Sam off at the Grey Havens. Like that would be that would be really interesting, right? Um, so we could have an older gentleman hobbit who's just called grandpa by the little kids or, right. or uncle or something right. or and then the you fane and the you know yeah exactly right. so then you don't know the name okay so if you so want to do it that way i'm fine right. with it right yeah. but ultimately, yes i want to use sam mary and pippin <laughs> right ultimately the final season right which includes like the scouring of the shire and the last episode ends with well i'm back right yes um then also the frame ends with sam going to the to to and getting on the boat, right? Yes, right. So we'll, yeah, we'll do we'll do both Greyhaven scenes in the same episode. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And of course, so, once um, you get there, you'll know exactly what's happening. You know exactly what's happening. <laughs> the exactly. Time, yeah. So basically, once we get so the pivot point is going to be Bilbo's party. Basically, once in the yeah. frame we get up to Bilbo's party, like the 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 frame approaches Bilbo's party. And then the main seasons are covering the Lord of the Rings stuff from Bilbo's party on. And then we get, uh, and then at that point we jump to a fourth age frame. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we, we can do various fourth age frames. There are different things that we can definitely do there. Okay. We're going to be very Hobbit heavy by the time we get to the Hobbit Lord of the Rings. Whereas we've been very Hobbit light here in the first stage. Yes. You think um, <laughs> oh, we did have Bilbo as we a did, character? We did have a yes. Bilbo frame, yeah, in, in yes. a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he's appeared so when, twice, but he was the main character. But I don't yeah, think yeah. we have a problem. I don't think because we decided a while ago that it's totally fine that the audience knows that Bilbo makes it through the Hobbit because yeah. that's that's the kind of story it is. It's perfectly reasonable. It's not a spoiler issue, yeah. Right to and approach that. Some story. of the dwarves are going <laughs> to die. It's fine. Right. 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 You don't know what's going to happen. My, oh, my gosh. When we saw, for, saw the first Hobbit movie, my wife was like, oh, you know, like my favorite dwarves are, are Thorin and Philly and Killy. I was like, oh. <laughs> that's, Fine choices. That's, that's, Fine choices. I, I see. I see. She's like, why? What's what's going to happen? See, that's I, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah. Okay, so, so the second age, 
we don't. I mean, obviously, we haven't. Well, there's out third the age stuff. And third there's age pre Lord of the Rings third yeah. age. Stuff. We will have to decide how much of that we're gonna. Oh count. sure. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying nothing, but like how much Some, of the I third don't age? Think like six or seven seasons of third age. No, more like get there. Possibly and, one season to well, get from the yeah. fall of Sauron. I mean, to there's the, the there's the well, but there's the fall of Ar- uh, Arnor, the Arnor stuff. Story. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But we and, could have done that in frame stories. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> well, th- this is well. It's too late. We can't. Well, no, it's too late for that. We're already past. Kicked out in the basement of my house here. Um, my circuit breaker tripped. Don't know why. Um, uh, probably has nothing to do with the electrician who was just fiddling with it earlier today. Um, so uh, that's just a coincidence, I'm sure. Um, in any case, here we are back. So scope. We were talking about scope. Um, so in particular, um, again, we don't have to. Obviously, we're not going to plan out all of uh, all of the second age, framing. right? Um, but but if we have. But it seems important for us to have some idea of like, if we're going to preserve the chronological order, right? We're already up to 2952. Um, how, how, like, what things do we have to save and how long do we need to save them for? Um, uh, anyway, so there, there are definitely some issues where we're going to want to think. I mean, we may want to give some thought into is there a point in the, you know, late Third Age progress there that we want to time the end of the First Age with, right? Um, One thing that occurs to me as a possibility is um, the actual engagement between Aragorn and Arwen Mm -hmm. as a possible end point of the... We may do it sooner but again i'm just trying to think because that's that's kind of an important turning moment right yeah you know the the sort of the the pledge that they take together and the because that that's that's sort of i mean you could say that that's a sort of a moment where like the the concerted opposition against sauron kind of gets real at that moment right when aragorn like sets out on his trajectory to do his thing and 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 arwen with him and whatever that would look like if tolkien had ever written that and uh, that kind of thing it's also good to tie in to that erendel and elwing story which will yeah. be part of that last season of the first stage yes so yeah i i think that that engagement which is him coming back from his travels as Thorangil and saying all right I'm making I'm making my choice and Arwen makes her choice. And since we've been paralleling their two stories throughout these frames through the first stage, mm-hmm. that's a very good end point for our eclectic disconnected frames as well. Right. Right. And that all that Okay. So here's here's the big question, right? Okay. Where does that happen in relation to the childhoods? of the various adult characters, human characters that we meet in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Because we want to we we do want to make sure that we're able to tell a story to little Aomer and Eowyn and tell a story to little um Faramir and Boromir. So, um 29 so I I had gotten my appendix B out uh to look yeah. at these things so I never remember the dates offhand 2980 so tw- 2952 is where we'd gotten 
with the um, the meeting of Aragorn and yeah. Arwen. Twenty nine eighty is the uh, is the engagement, and so as far as uh, where that is, Faramir is born in twenty nine eighty three. Boromir's two, right? He yeah. was born in twenty nine seventy eight. Okay. Um, Denethor has just gotten and, married four years before. Yeah, and Aomer and Eowyn are certainly younger than than they. I'm. I've, I've oh yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, a, um, Aomer is not going to be born for another eleven years, and Eowyn okay. for another fifteen years. Yeah, right. and that's the same year that Samwise Gamgee is born. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and Frodo's twelve mm-hmm. at the time so of about the, the engagement. It's about the time his parents die. So yeah. 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 Um. So, um, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, in other words, it's a really good cutoff point. Yes. That, that, that is essentially what I was looking for is to because see, to it make does sure mean that... that our second age frames could focus on, as you say, on like young, we could get a, 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 a number of frames of like what's happening in the, in the house of Theoden. Um, yeah. you know, with, um, Young Eowyn and Aemir, you know, brought into the king's household when Aemon dies, right? That That's one obvious kind of frame that we could do. Boromir and Faramir, lots to do there, of course, um, as well as what's happening in the Shire, you know, mm-hmm. um, stories of young Samwise and uh, young Frodo getting beaten by Farmer Maggot and all kinds of things like that. So um, there's, there's, yeah, yeah. So if we, if we think of the, those things, like if the second age is basically focused on the childhood, yeah, of our stories of our characters, of the third age heroes, yeah, yeah we, we have heroes. to be we have to be careful with hobbits though, um, because our main touch point there is Bilbo, and I think it's pretty clear from the narratives we have that Bilbo doesn't really care that much about the second and third ages. He's way mm-hmm. more interested in the first focused age on the first age, right? I mean, we, that's, that's what the narrative tells me, the way that the narrative is structured. Right. But again, we'll have plenty of uh, opportunity to emphasize the, um, I, like the, I'm thinking of the Numenor story. We can get lots of yeah. human yeah. frames for yes. Numenor stories. And, okay. So, and we can give Bilbo an interest in something that happens in the beginning. Oh, right. Age. Sure. You know, sure. he might care about the ring. Right. Or ironically, he could not care at all about. The, it's right. In fact, how how I don't think he does like to give Bilbo a line that says like rings of. I've never been interested in the rings of power. I just don't care much about the rings of power. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, okay. I mean, which could be kind of almost like a like a. I don't want to know anything because yeah. I don't want to find out anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I, I think I think if we cut off at the end of the adventures of Thoangil at the end of the first age, then we have the opportunity to move into a new chapter and we'll still have Aragorn as a character throughout the second age frames. Yes. Cause he has at this point met Gandalf and the court in Gondor and the court in Rohan. And he knows all those characters. Yeah. He can go visit all those places. I don't think we're going to send him to the Shire at any point, but we could send him to Bree. <laughs> right. You know? He could be nearby for sure. Right. Yeah. He wouldn't be, so. they wouldn't get to know him. Um, yeah. Okay. So thinking then, so back to the first age. Um, 
the whole Throngill sequence is potentially a multiple frame, like a multiple season frame potential. It, it's also potentially very heavy with season three itis. Um, mm-hmm. It depends what we do or, with it, but it well, what we do with it, or or you don't get to tell very much of a, you know very much of a story with it at all, which is you know, would be sad. so. Uh, there's do you three mean main you're suggesting we would want to save that to save that story to be told in full in a season in a in a third age season? I I would rather tell it as a story mm-hmm. for for real. Um, yeah. Now, of course, we don't have a lot. Right, right. Um, but I don't yeah, think we would that, have to make up stuff just to do it. We're gonna I was going to say, but that. by the time we get to there, we'll be quite used we'll to not having so stuff. So used to that, it's going to be easy. Yeah, there's there's three main parts of the Throngil story, and the first part is in Rohan. Yeah, and the second part is in Gondor, yep. and the third part is when he goes adventuring to the east and the south. Right. Yeah. Um. So. At the very minimum, we would have to do three frame stories to tell oh, yeah. those different for stories, sure, right? And alternatively, we could leave one of them out. Like, so we could do the Rohan and Gondor one, and yeah. then in the frame, he goes off to parts unknown, which leaves room to in the third age when we <clears> catch <throat> up to him, do a Thorangil adventures story in mm-hmm. Harad or wherever right, he goes. Right. So- so the the important thing about it though is that the Thorangal story is kind of what cements him as the character that we meet in the Lord of the Rings, and we have to we have to make sure that we're sensitive to that because the whole purpose in playing the long game with Aragorn has been so that we don't have to do the mopey kind of oh I don't know if I should be king kind of thing. <laughs> By the time right. we meet him in Fellowship of the Ring, it would be great if he's like, no, I'm... He's like, worked out all that stuff already. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Right. Let's do it. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, there are two reasons why um, I agree with you about the Therongil thing. That is to say, not doing too much of the Therongil story in frames. Both because... Not only because it's going to... I. Th- I think that that whole Thorongil sequence would make a great season, basically. And I, I wouldn't want to spoil it by just trying to squeeze it into a frame. Um, and I think we could have time to do a whole Thorongil season or something like a whole Thorongil season. There'd be other things going on, too. But um, that seems like a thing that we could do. Um, the other reason not to do it is that it would be there's a lot of story that we'd have to cover right um and again i'm inclining towards when i'm thinking about what kind of things i want to do it's not exactly again i i think back to the the coolest frames that we've had the most successful frames that we've had and they're not like let's tell a major important story in the history of the third age right it's when we are either making up a small incident or doing something sort of tangential like we're we're reflecting on the hobbit in the fourth age frame but we're not telling 
a story that happened, you know, that was a, that was a, that was a major thing. Um, so we, I think we do a similar thing, um, in, um, Hey Dave, welcome. Um, rather than saying let's cover so we're, we're we're talking about the scope of the frame dave and so we're kind of thinking ahead um the proposition was that we end see we end the first age with so the frame of the final season of the first age is um the engagement sequence between aragorn and arwen mm-hmm. um which is in 2980 of the third age. So we still have a little bit of play between here and there for the next six seasons. Um, and this has led us to what we are currently discussing, which is the Thorongil issue, right? The whole story of the adventures of Aragorn as Thorongil and Rohan and Gondor and, and, and the East and South beyond. Um, and we're kind of inclining towards not doing frames there so that we can save to do a whole season on it later. And also because I was, and so I was also just arguing that it would be too plot heavy, most likely to try to cover that. And that again, the trend has not been our best frames have not been trying to cover a major event in the history of the third age, but rather um, sort of sampling from moment, doing some like sort of character studies or, um, you know, touching on moments or themes or, or, or concepts like Sauron is returning. What's that like? Right. That's more of a like trying to capture the spirit of that moment in history rather than trying to cover a plot point that gets mentioned in the tale of years at the end. Right. Um, and I think we'd be better served so again, rather than trying to do a whole series of Thorongil frames, it would be better, I think, to try to be looking at, um, we could do, I think we could even do frames in which Thorongil appeared as a character, but not where we're like trying to cover the events. Mm. You know what I, mean? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Especially. Like we do, we could do a young, um, a young Denethor frame. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in which Thorongil is a, appears as a character, or maybe people just talk about him. Maybe it's like post Thorongil, mm. and and you know, Denethor is talking about him. Um, yeah. So yeah. if we do Thorongil as a story, like in a main season, that season will fall between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Yep. So yes. that will be our bridge. So we'll do one season yes. on The Hobbit, one season on Thorongil, or The Adventures of Aragorn, or however you want to put yeah. it. Yeah. And then six seasons on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. So we would be using the Thorongil material to set up not just Aragorn as a character, but also what is Rohan, what is Gondor. Yes. Who yeah. is Saruman, who is Gandalf, yeah. that kind of thing. And I think it gives us a chance to kind of, I think it would be really great to kind of use that to explore some Arthurian stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really interesting. That would be fun. That yeah. would be fun. And, That's, and yeah. <clears throat> the thing that I love about the idea of doing a Thorongil season like that is that it it brings us to approaching the Lord of the Rings story from a totally different perspective, right? Like, if we have Bilbo's party in the context of, like, where our viewers 
have already seen like the War of the Ring beginning in preparation, right? They're already familiar with all the pieces on the board. And now it's yeah. like, meanwhile, there's a birthday party. In Remember this? Right. These guys, right? And and so and to to begin to see how these pieces then fit into the board. You know, so basically, in the books, right? And you know, and the film shadow of the this. past, right? Exactly. Well, basically, we were we're we're always seeing things from the point of view of. I mean, this is like you know Mike Drought's famous observation, right? That Tolkien always in the Lord of the Rings puts uses as the point of view character the person who knows least, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the way that the narrative is approached throughout the Lord of the Rings. We'd be approaching it from a different perspective, where the viewers yeah. would constantly know way more than everybody else. So we would still see Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin stumbling into the wider world and not really understanding what's going on. But our viewers would know much more. That's and they would be really anyway. concerned for them in ways yeah. that you're yeah. not when you're reading the Lord of the Rings for the first time. When yeah. you read the Lord of the Rings after you finished it. When you go back and you reread it, then you know these guys have no idea what they're getting into. Like, exactly. you know way more about yes. how dangerous this world they're they're stepping yeah. out into is. Whereas when you read The Lord of the Rings for the first time, you feel like you're reading a sequel to The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Right up until the part that the Black Riders show up and then right. you realize oh, this is not that sort of story. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I exactly. I think that's so it's that will be a really fun kind of point of view. And as I say, it's almost inescapable given that it's going to be what? Like season 24. <laughs> so, right. so like guess what? people who have gotten that far will know a whole lot more than, you know, Sam yeah, and Mary if and somebody Pippen, you know? right, if somebody's been watching our show and had never read Lord of the Rings, how by season 20 have they not read a Lord of the Rings? <laughs> right, exactly. Come on if, now. <laughs> if they haven't cracked open Lord of the Rings by then, we have completely failed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, okay. So we can, we can safely assume some familiarity with the source material. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we don't have to lay out the, you know, the frame topics for the next six seasons, obviously. No. Um, but... I want to, so going. I'm actually going to advance a slide now. Um, um, actually, two slides because uh, I'm gonna. Um, we'll go back to the themes, but the suggestions, right? These are some of the major things that are happening in the years immediately following, right? In the three years after, so 2952 is the the date of uh, our last frame, right? So in the next couple of years, you've got the White Council. Responding to the threat of Sauron by doing nothing. This is Saruman's big, the ring has rolled down the river to the sea speech. Right. Mm. Um, uh, we have um, Gandalf meeting Aragorn for the first time. Um, and we have Aragorn setting off on his own uh, the beginning of the Thor- of the Thorongil sequence. Right. Those are the, those are, those are the biggest things. Also, um, I would add to the list Mount Doom erupting. Which happens in twenty nine fifty four, right? So that's a that's a that's an interesting big deal. Um, again, so just looking at the putting actual dates to it again. Twenty nine fifty two is where we were. Twenty nine fifty three is the last meeting of the White Council with Saruman's big speech. Um, twenty nine fifty four is Mount Doom erupting again, 
and then 2956 is Aragorn meets Gandalf, and then 2957 forward is Aragorn undertaking his great journeys and errantries, as uh, Tolkien says in Appendix B. So, yeah. One thing that I think would be really interesting is to end this season with the eruption of Mount Doom and have have the next season kind of react to that in a way, you know, in, in the way that people are kind of reacting to the near knife right. um, in the following season. I think that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. It would um, be. Yeah. I think um, Rob Harding had suggested that as well. Yeah. That having Mount Doom erupting be kind of the sign of doom at the end of the season and then find some other event to contrast with it to get our message of, but there's still hope. Probably right. like uh, maybe Gandalf meets Aragorn or something, but mm. to to have the eruption of Mount Doom and then a final note of hope. So just to, um, you know, be obvious about it, given that hope is our theme involving Estelle at some point seems like a, a you know, a chip shot, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, so, so yes, involving, I don't, I don't think that Gandalf meeting Aragorn need necessarily be a huge event, right? That could be something that could be squeezed into a thing, right? Especially Um, if it's Gandalf's story, meeting with Aragorn for the first Mm. time would be a, I met a new guy today. Right. So, so one of the things about the theme of of hope in the um, in the season, though, is the contrast between Omdir and Estelle. And it would be really interesting if, and and I think this is this is coming from the the message boards in in some way. It would be really interesting if we started out with the council discussing what they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't work out the way that Gandalf hoped it would, omdeared it would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't even have to meet Aragorn. All we have to do is show him at the end, um, perhaps like right because like let's say the the mountain erupts, and Gavin's also like, well, oh my gosh, what are we what are we going to do now? And then we show. Aragorn to tie him into, you know, to yeah. be like, ah, but Estelle, right? right. Um, I mean, you you could have him meet him there, and we could play mm-hmm. with a little fast and loose with the timeline there and have him meet him right then. Um, yeah. The, I, um, depending on how hard we want to hit that with a hammer. Right. I mean, we don't know anything really about the circumstances of Aragorn meeting Gandalf. Um, it just says they meet and their friendship begins is the only entry in Appendix B for that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we have some freedom to kind of do that wherever. We just know that it's right after that, probably uncoincidentally right after that, that Aragorn begins his Thorongil trajectory. Um, okay, so... But... I would a, note, a white a well, series of white council meetings also has almost the exact right amount of 
tension and movement that we would want to have in the frame story for a season. Yeah, I, I think that using the White Council now is probably time. It's it's something that's been suggested for the frame in the past, and we've right. always gone with something else. But at this point, I think we're there. I think we need to have Elrond, Galadriel, Gandalf, Saruman talking. I mean, Kierden, uh, who's actually around for some of this stuff as well, right. talking Rather through guess. what... Yeah, but I meant Kierden's around in the first stage. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah. But yes, Radagast should be at the council, at least some of the time. Um, so we we can see how these characters are thinking through their dilemma and leading up to the near knife is probably a good time for that because i mean we're gonna have a lot of main story characters trying to figure yeah. out what to do and making different choices so if the people at the council have different opinions that that fits fits with the union of Mydros. yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly absolutely so would we would like every frame scene be set at a white council meeting not necessarily but we could I mean, have we could have a bunch yeah, they're of just passing the talking stick around episode by episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I mean, thinking that... if you if you wanted to use it to do something where we could do cameos of Thorngill, but not be following Thorngill around, this seems like the, doing like White Council meetings seems like the opportune way to be like this episode, this person shows up, and then next episode, a different yeah. character passes you know, through. I, I was. I was joking, but it would be kind of funny, actually, to have, like, um, every frame, every episode's frame be, like, a little miniature bottle episode of, like, what that member of the White Council, (laughs) you know, (laughs) feels and contributes. So there's, like, here's the Radagast speech. Here's the Kierden speech. You know, here's the... Yeah, or it's just the same meeting from different perspectives. (laughs) Right. That would would be really... I was thinking about that, too. What if it was just one meeting the whole... Then maybe that's too hard, but one meeting the whole season. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it could... it could actually, it could definitely be done. You Imagine. could do, you could do a single, you could have a single event take place over the course of a season. You could do it. Um, especially I, when we have this many different points of view to play with. Imagine right. like a, imagine like a, you know, uh, Gladriel speaking in favor of, uh, of Gandalf being in charge. Um, one episode where Gandalf is yeah. Gandalf's point of view, and then I the vote for a, for for a, I, I uh, what's the word? I move no for a vote of no confidence in <laughs> yeah. uh, in in Wizard Saruman's leadership. Yeah. And then imagine like the next episode is from Saruman's point of view, and he sees like <laughs> we we see Gladriel and Gandalf whispering and scheming. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, from from his perspective, that's got to be how he sees that. Mm-hmm. Like their relationship is weirdly close. Mm-hmm. In in fact, the the scenes with Gandalf and Galadriel in the Hobbit films actually make a lot of sense from mm-hmm. Saruman's point of view as what he's seeing across the room. Yes, like yes. that kind of like weirdly pseudo romantic kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> body language with at white council meetings do they have like a no telepathy rule like is that like part of the house rules or something like is is it like passing notes is yeah yeah 
Yeah, and we could do some like off time from the council. We don't have to be like actually at a council meeting the whole time. Right. Well, that, that the- ultimately that's kind of what my thoughts was that w- we would have some personal moments with some asides mm. and and some uh, you know white people council come- coffee break. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes <laughs> a, somebody would come in with some with some message about something that's going on out there in the wider world. Legolas shows up, or you know, like it. There could be some really interesting stuff that you could do with that. Gandalf's showing them some pipe weed. Yeah. <laughs> G- Gandalf gets Sauron addicted to pipe weed. Yes. Well, don't when- even get me started on the unfinished tales stuff from that uh, same. Like I'm a, uh, the accounts that we get of Gandalf and Saruman at this meeting in unfinished tales are some of my like. It makes that makes my bottom five uh, of like least favorite things that Tolkien wrote, actually, Um, uh, because it makes no sense at all. Like that, that um, the idea of like Saruman and Gandalf exchanging like references to the rings of power and stuff. It's just like, I, I did, I did to me, it does not make a bit of sense in the timeline of what Gandalf was supposed to know when, um, that gets established elsewhere. I just, it does not, I don't think it works. Maybe I'm just misunderstanding it, but I don't think it works anyway. But the point is there's a whole big smoke, smoking and smoke ring blowing element there. So yeah, that's, that's actually authorial. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, when yeah. did we, when did we say we were going to situate this in the chronology? I, I'm sorry, I, I missed it. So he this, it. so the 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 council meeting is uh, 2953. So it's the year after the meeting of Aragorn and Arwen, which we did in the last. So it's uh, it's a very right. logical next step. This to is, do. so we we would get to do. So we should that should allow us to portray like uh, Saruman's withdrawal, right? Yeah, yes. so, yeah, because this is this about is the... the time he starts fortifying yeah. Isengard. Yeah, so yeah. could we do we could do like a he's there at the meeting uh, or meetings in the, like the first half of the season and somewhere two thirds of the way through the season he stops showing up. Mm. Yeah, or, Which would or explain at, why... at least at some point the guy who the actor who's going to eventually play Bill Fernie shows up to whisper something in his ear to give. <laughs> yeah, him yeah, that guy shows up too. <laughs> 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 but this is... and it's like his grand, his father, like Bill right. Fernie's dad, <laughs> Fred Fernie. But... <laughs> We're trying to show that the White Council's never going to meet again. Mm-hmm. This is it. So yeah. something that it's falling apart is also what what we would be portraying. Mm. Yeah, and okay. that's where the Union of Mithras is kind of going to play nicely yeah. because while those alliances are made in more or less good faith with a notable exception, the overall result is the whole thing falls apart. Right. And here's something interesting also. Galadriel is kind of Mithros in this setting. She's trying, she thinks that she's the guy, the person. Mm-hmm. Inclusive language and all that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she thinks she's the person. And now that doesn't mean that she she is willing to cede leadership to a great friend, Gandalf, in the same mm-hmm. way that Mithros is willing to cede leadership to Fingon, but he still thinks Mithros still thinks he's the guy. Right. And also Galadriel's gonna fail 
in this in the same way that she's going to in the main story as we decided the last time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's going to be <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with this. I mean, so the the White Council's um scene it it checks a lot of boxes for both like things to avoid and things to do in a frame. Right. Mm. It checks the chronology box. It checks the not too much action has to occur box, right? So that's good. It checks the um, this isn't going to spoil a story that we're going to want to do in full when we get to the third age thing because the White Council is a big deal, but it's not a big story, Um Really, um, and it can so, happen in between other stories without us losing anything. Yeah, um, yeah. And of exactly. course, there's going to be somebody who like picks apart the show and figures out how to watch the whole thing chronologically, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, right. all right, all right. You get to this episode, you stop it here, then you go back to this episode over here, and you start it <laughs> at this timestamp, and you watch it right. until this timestamp, and then you go back to this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as an extra, we could include a, just the frames. A guide. To facilitate. Or just the frames, yeah. Yeah. To facilitate chronological viewing. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, okay. All right. So. By the way, this seems, I feel like this, this uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, Omdir to Estelle potential here. Yeah, there certainly yeah. is. It's, um, it's yeah. like start of the season is like, hey, we're getting all the the big hitters in the room. We're gonna figure this out. Yeah, End of the season things fall apart, but there's like Gandalf. Gandalf will identify some glimmer of hope that that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, well, the well, the really reason that it failed is because they didn't have any hobbits there. Yep, clearly. Yeah, but the end of the frame for season six was. Aragorn going off into the wild to adventure on his own now. It was also Arwen deciding, hey, maybe the elves don't need to instantly flee Middle-earth because mm. there's absolutely no hope of survival. Maybe we should stick around and try and do something about this and fix the problem. And maybe with men that'll work. In which case, Arwen should totally be at the council. I was Why about to she say... She, well, she's certainly part of Elrond's entourage. Yeah. So gotta be, right? She yeah. would be yeah. very much in favor of Elrond attending this council. Yeah. Yeah. Is where I was going. Is right. and I don't know what her brothers feel about white council meetings. They seem the type that would find them boring, boring. and pointless. Mm. Like, I'll just go kill some works, I don't need your council meeting. Right. Types. But she's gonna be very much in favor of this council happening and of Elrond yeah. participating in it and of them moving forward on the Let's fix the Sauron problem that we're all ignoring. So she's going to be extremely disheartened when the thing goes nowhere. Mm. Right. And okay. El- Elrond or Gandalf have to still have hope at the end of it. Mm. And I mean, Arwen can't lose hope entirely. Well, I, f- but- I feel like Elrond does. Like he's got his his he's got his whole card, which is yeah. which is Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he uh, believes uh, in Aragorn. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Elrond was the one who was able to pass hope on to Arwen and saying like look we don't need to give up just quite yet mm. so um, Elrond's not going to lose hope during this council right let's look at the text for a second 
oh, because sure. we here have the unusual uh, luxury of being able to read the entire Ooh. source text. Um, here's the 2953 <laughs> entry in the Tale of Years. Last meeting of the White Council. They debate the rings. Saruman feigns that he has discovered that the One Ring has passed down Anduin to the sea. Saruman withdraws to Isengard, which he takes as his own, and fortifies it. Being jealous and afraid of Gandalf, he sets spies to watch all his movements and notes his interest in the Shire. He soon begins to keep agents in Bree and the South Farthing. Now, the latter parts of that seem beyond our scope. Those are, like, mm. what his uh, fear and jealousy of Gandalf lead him to do is what happens afterwards, right? Yes. Um, but we can be setting that up a little bit. I, I feel like he can't leave until the final episode, though, because that's when yeah. it's most traumatic for him to do so. Um, and that's the evidence that it hasn't worked, right? That's the evidence that the, that the thing is falling yeah. apart. We could um, parallel it with the um, with Oldor's treachery, couldn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say about the time we want Saruman to leave is probably about the time Oldor kills his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what I was thinking. Um, then we have so it's not the, necessarily the very end because we can still have the eruption of Mount Doom as the oh yeah yeah we're all okay in oh, okay so the beginning of so the beginning the, of the end the, not right. the end so the the beginning of episode 13 the beginning of episode 13 frame should be kind of like along the lines of well what do we do now so because that's i'm yeah yeah i'm not convinced that we have mount doom erupt in this season it's I mean, okay it's fun it doesn't it doesn't have to it's certainly but i feel like we're, we'd be shoehorning it in mm. because and what's more i think there's more there's more opportunity i'd rather go back to the east um and have mm-hmm. a whole other frame. Like, we had one in Harad. I'd rather have one in Rune, which ends, which, like, is all about the eruption of Mount Doom. And, like, we saw, like, some of the early stages. Let's check back in and see the more advanced stages of Sauron having publicly declared himself and taken over, and now there being active recruitment uh, and everything. Anyway, I, it's, we don't have to do that, but I would mm-hmm. be tempted to do something like that. Like, have the eruption of Mount Doom be really the core of an entire frame episode um, or season rather than just being stuck in at the end, especially because if we think about the sequence, right, if we want to do the White Council and then the eruption and then Estelle after that, we're squeezing, we're ending up squeezing a lot into this frame. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that the White Council meeting itself might be enough. Especially with leaving the door open to introduce any side characters we might want to yeah, in each episode. Like, each episode could have its own little focus. Yeah. So that gives us a lot of flexibility to cover whatever parts of the story we want to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, Gandalf could have spoken to someone from the East or the South at some point and yeah. brought news with him to the council about this. You know, that type of thing. We can bring yep. in p- other parts of the world and the story through the characters who are at the council, not necessarily showing other places. Yeah. Yeah. We should totally, just... we should, uh, totally bring back one of our uh, Harad protagonists. Oh, yeah. So well, we... I want to involve him thoroughly in the, in the Thorongil plotline. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there's there's we've got to set up some more of those, by the way, we got to sprinkle some of those around. One of the reasons I think it'd be fun to go to Rune. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So there's two brothers from Harad, right? And the younger brother was the one who ended up being the traitor. And he's the one who's going to be the mouth of Sauron someday. Um, so we will see him again, although we probably won't recognize him. Um, <laughs> the older brother is currently living in the court in Gondor. The other thing that happens about this. With the steward of Gondor and the king of Rohan, they both die. Right. This year. Yes. The same year the council's happening. Yeah. So we are now putting Exelion 2 as steward of Gondor and Thengel as king of Rohan. So they're brand new leaders. And that would be something the council would want to talk about, mm-hmm. probably. So Gandalf having visited his good buddy, the um, guy from Harad in the court in Gondor would have interacted with uh, Exelion 2 and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, we can bring we can bring that political stuff into the council meeting, I think. Yep. Yeah, it would be something. I mean, that's it's one of the things they would be discussing the potential, you know, the what are what resources do they have for war against Sauron would have to be a thing that would come up. Right. Right. And how willing would they be to get involved in this? Because mm-hmm. the leaders before them were well in the case of the steward of gondor he was quite old i forget how old turgon is when he dies but it's old old so the idea of an extremely elderly steward of gondor like mustering up the army to go do something about sauron in the last year of his reign seems unlikely but once his son takes over and has this very international court, which he is known to have. Like, that's how Thorngil gets a spot on there, yeah. is that Ecthelion is like, hey, I'll collect knights from anywhere. Right. Um, he probably has some guy from Rune in there. Like, you know, it's a thing yep. he's doing. So that's going to play into the, this is an encouraging piece of news, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Gandalf could have some good things to say about the potential for Ecthelion's court. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, so without uh, with no Mount Doom erupting, or like like the climax of the frame will essentially be the collapse of the council, and yeah, the withdrawal of Saruman. Yeah, and like yeah. like sort of, and that would happen. Like, we would want that to happen in the wake of like a series, maybe spread across several episodes of just like bad news, bad news just rolling in. Yeah, and then and 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 from the point of view of like. I don't know a Gandalf or an Arwen or somebody who's who's holding on to the uh, the the like optimism and the Omdir, watching like all this bad news roll in and then witnessing that that it looks like this group of people aren't going to work together to do anything about it. That mm-hmm. would be sort of the like the collapse of the um, yeah that that would be sort of the 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 low point before like some some something recovers at the end. We could still do Aragorn coming through. Like, we could still do the meeting with Aragorn. Well, I say coming through. Pause for a second. Where are we? Where does this take place, do you think? Good question. If Saruman's in charge, you'd think he would hold it at his own house, which means Isengard. But that makes his withdrawal withdrawal kind of... (laughs) 
exactly. <laughs> it's like, that is going to shift how we tell the story if we pick that as I'll tell you. Right? I'll tell you. Well, who called this meeting is the right. big question. Because, Galadriel. like, it, well, so if it's Galadriel, you know where I want to hold it? Dol Goldor. Is that currently uninhabited at this point in the story? Well, they just tossed the necromancer out of there, what, 10, 10 years ago? Yeah, but how long does it stay uninhabited? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it probably still is because, like you said, it was only 10 years past that. But at one point... Amul or whoever... Maybe we can just... It takes we can, over. We can just use the Hilton down the road from it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Radagast's house. Radagast's house. There you go. Have Radagast host it. If um if Galadriel's calling it, why why wouldn't it be in Lothlorien? That's a good question. Um Although I guess it's hard for they're in the habit of to show up. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 a good, that's a good point. Yeah. You can't just have like guys just like, oh, this messenger just rolled in. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. Hard to set a meeting in a place where time operates differently than it does outside. Oh god, okay. yeah. This would be the world's uh, long worst long meeting. Twenty nine fifty one is when the Nazgul go back to Dolgaldor. Okay, so they've just gotten back. So they're already there. They're already there, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, let's not hold the meeting in the Hilton down the road from Dolgaldor. It would be awkward. It would be Um What if we went the other way? Um, what if we have the meeting um, the Great Havens no not not so far the other way because okay. um, <laughs> look like, let's face Rivendell. it the Great Havens um, they're convenient on the road to Valinor but they're convenient nowhere else <laughs> right, right. Like the Shire really I suppose on the, way. But, yeah. the Shire is on the way to the Great Havens Exactly. The Grey Havens is not on the way to anything. <laughs> exactly. Grey Havens is on the way to anything except Valinor. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So no, I was thinking. Um, what about? So I mean, uh, Nick, you were thinking of like symbolic locations for them to hold it, right? What about a Regian? Mm-hmm. A Regian is geographically convenient and, and symbolically and- interesting. And we would have the final scene at the end of Lord of the Rings of the three of the, I mean, Gandalf, Galadriel, and Celeborn sitting together and mm-hmm. having their final little telepathic meeting. And that like that's on the road. The same it's, spot, yeah. It's in Eregion, yeah? It's in Eregion. Where yeah. that, yeah. So if we're going to have the final White Council meeting be there and then their final parting be mm-hmm. there as well. Again, the one might... thing the text tells us is that they come, they, they, they discuss the rings. Presumably they're discussing other things too, but they come and discuss the rings. Kind of fun to actually mm. have it in like, you know, Arigia. the ruins of Celebrimbor City, basically. Mm. Um, well, cause, yeah, that uh, that makes more sense. Because I was like, what are, are they having this in a campsite? Like, But I, I guess... They're elves. They've got time. Yeah. Not only could they put up a pavilion, they yeah, can yeah. build a so... village. <laughs> The argument could be that they, no one wants to have it at home because that would draw too much attention to their spot. Like Rivendell's kind of supposed to be a secret location, right? And yeah. if 
Elrond converging on it. Literally yeah. everyone to Rivendell, then maybe that makes the enemy look at Rivendell. But if yeah. they hold the meeting in the ruins of Eregion and then everyone goes home after, yeah, it doesn't matter if the villains show up in Eregion because nobody's right. there anymore. Right. So yeah, there might set up a pavilion, have a temporary encampment. Yeah, mm. it's a great kind of like last alliance themed place to have a meeting yeah. right you know to talk about the war i mean it's the place where sauron invaded before so you know we're thinking about fighting off sauron and his return and um it, and you have good places like galadriel could literally be standing in kellebrimbor's forge and yeah. somebody could walk in and talk to her like there could be lots a of lot fun of locales there. yeah, yeah. Okay. lots of fun and- locales and if, as you know, Moria is only like a twenty-minute walk from there. Yeah, so. yeah, it's just on the it's just on the path. Yeah, yeah, very convenient. Mm-hmm. Right. So the it's actually one of the extracurriculars that they arrange for during the meeting. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, you have you have your little experience. optional walking tour to Casa Doom. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, Sorry, Marie, hang on, go. hang on, hang on. Where are we in relation to when Balin goes back to Casa Doom? Before. That happens Before. after this. Yeah, yeah, that should be after okay. this. Okay. But I, have, I forget Not the much, year, but... but yeah. It, yeah, it let, let me check the year. A few decades, because um, it was 30 years, wasn't it? I feel Before like... the Lord of the Rings? And it's 70 in between, so we're probably about 60 before Lord of the Rings now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So then we, yeah. we're, we're off by... We're still, we're still pre bowing Okay. So. It would have been kind of fun to have him wander through. I mean, uh, it's not like... 2989 is his expedition to Moria. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we're All right. Sorry, I super interrupted you, Marie. Oh, um, I think I was merely going to say about the other thing about hosting is not just like for safety reasons, but they've got a very prickly sensitive leader of the group. So if anybody else tries to play host, mm. he might like pout a little bit about it not being his place. Yeah. And they kind of all know this. Yeah. So mm. the choices were gonna be it's gotta be an Isengard or a neutral site. Or a neutral site. And yeah. Galadriel's the one calling the meeting, so she yeah. can't call it at Isengard. <laughs> right. And, right. and of all the people at this meeting, it's probably most inconvenient for her. Because she's gonna get across, across the mountains. mountains. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, it's easy for Saruman to get there. It's it's I mean it's convenient it is geographically can it's not I mean it, the Grey Havens is close to nowhere, but it's closer to that than anywhere on the other side of the mountains. Would right. Be. At least it's on the correct side of the mountains for the Grey Havens. So Radagast and Galadriel have to cross the mountains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and Radagast could have been geographically. It's just just crossing the mountains and then she's practically there. Right. And so and it, if Lord of the Rings tells us anything, then she could just kinda like scoot right over the snow and everything's fine yeah exactly yeah the the main thing is that um the the high pass is more or less safe now because the goblins got cleaned out Mm -hmm. 12 years ago comparatively recently yeah like obviously that's not gonna last but for now comment on that (laughs) right great news we're not having any more of these yeah 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 Okay. Okay. So Aragian's not a bad setting. Who's run, yeah. who's running security at this thing? <clears throat> what do you mean by that? I don't know. It seems like you'd probably want to have this location be pretty secure. You know, mm-hmm. like, but I but it kind of makes it like 
who gets to, who get that's another one of those like who gets who brought bring, the army yeah who gets to bring their army to surround uh, who everybody? has an army galadriel yeah. has galadriel has an army um elrond and, has a little tiny army like yeah, he has yeah. glorfindel this right. <laughs> who, who an army unto himself like, i kind of yeah so, so, doesn't have anything he and, wants and glorfindel's to to. here right like isn't well, he that was gonna be my army. next question who who's invited Oh yeah, yeah. The main players, obviously, like we know, we know the main cast. We know that all three Gildor. know to start. Again. By the way, Blue Wizards. I think <laughs> that they should. I think that RSVP. one of them could make an appearance and then storm out. Yeah. If we yeah. wanted, if we really wanted one or to just, be there, or just stop by, be like, "Oh, I'm not staying. I just one episode stops. We get an episode yeah. where the Blue." Wizards. I, I feel like they go east and south, and they never come all the way back this far west. It is very this, far. This is, yeah. So they could send a message. Mm-hmm. So we could get a yeah. message from one Our of the condolences, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Regrets, I don't care about but, your uh, stupid meeting. Yeah. 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 Maybe they, maybe yes, they the cat is wearing a cone of shame. They send some, is, uh, they send so, some snacks. It's from... so the cat won't scratch his poor little ears. Yeah. He, he has a little bit of a scratching a little, his ears and losing an all the fur issue. Yeah, so it's, it's true that Eregion is not convenient for Rune, but you know. But that we could get a message. We could mention the Blue Wizards. We, we, we can get a message. But Ronica until we figure out what their story is, I don't want to put one of them on screen right now. Yeah, because that would constrain fine. us as to what we can do with them later. Agreed. Fair enough. Agreed. Okay, so we have three Astari present, mm-hmm. and um, and then we can we can hear from at least one of the blue wizards so that we acknowledge <laughs> that their that we existence. Don't have well, uh, do we think will Radagast be there the whole time, or will he be kind of in and out? I think he can stick around. He can he can show up late. It seems like yeah. He, would, yeah. he just kind of wanders in at some point and is like, like oh yeah, a... meeting right. I was totally here for this, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, seems like he'd be a, a restless a restless meeting attendee. Mm-hmm. Right. He just wanders out to get a drink of water whenever he feels I, like it. I'd be like, interested to see Gildor and Glory in here. Yep. Gildor. Mm-hmm. Gildor, for sure. Um Really? Yeah. Why not? So that we recognize him. So that he's a he's a character when we meet him. Well we'll have some opportunity to do that, we but why at the White Council? Why not? But why? What does he have to do with the White Council? Other he's, than being a he's of the House of he's the representative representative yeah. of the House of Finura. Yeah, but that does the house doesn't exist anymore. It, they he, all die. It clearly does. He claims it. I, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. He's a <laughs> random Noldo who survived the first stage. I don't know why he'd be part of the White Council. There, well, maybe there's a Glorfindel. Like I'll give you because he's very clearly loyal to Elrond, and he's like going to show up for Elrond stuff. Is there like a two-tier White Council? Like there's like a, there'll be like an inner group. It's like the Senate and the House of Representatives. Okay, so if the White Council meeting is happening during a larger social event, then literally any character who is alive at this time can be attending the random festival in Eregion that we're just holding for festival purposes. Right. While the White Council that, is and meeting. And they have no idea that the White Council is actually meeting. Or that, in fact, ah, that it exists. It's a perfect disguise. Right. Do they have the like festivals... a masquerade ball? Sure. <laughs> it's like the Lords of Water, the Masked Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> it's like so many things. Okay. 
um, we don't have to do that. But if you want to include random characters who have no business at a white council meeting, oh my gosh, we could give a bigger group. So, I, who has I, business at a white? What is the white council? Well, wouldn't it Galadriel, be... Celeborn, Gandalf, Saruman, Radagast, Kierden? Well, they get mentioned, we... but I... why are we? I think we could. We can. I think we can exercise some discretion here and add some people. Like it seems like it we would can. Be... We could add some people. I just... Wouldn't it be some of the same people that went to the Council of Elrond? Yeah. Yeah. No dwarves, though. So. Probably. I, I no, was going to say, why, why don't we let's get somebody from Erebor? Well, I was going to invite Thranduil for sure. Yeah, Thranduil. <laughs> he invite. can send Legolas. Is Legolas can send coming? Legolas? Well, I I I can see Legolas showing up and. It would not shock me to find that Balin was in the area investigating things prior to the actual move to Kazadun. So mm. we have Balin flirting with Kazadun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. If we wanted to have a dwarvish presence there and near Nith, we might want a dwarvish presence there. Yeah. So- the the thing is though. Knowing what we know about all these characters, if they're going to form a council of the wise, are they really going to invite representatives from everywhere in Middle Earth and like get someone from Gondor and Rohan and Mirkwood to show up, or are they just going to be like, "We're smart, we're going to get together in a room and well, figure it out ourselves"? Because I, I kind of feel like they're a little bit more elitist and not so much but, on the democratic side. Uh, that, that's why I was less elitist, I, but the rest of the group. Elrond and Radagast are the two non-elitist in here. Right. And, okay, Kierden. Kierden. That's, that's why I... Uh, He'll that's work why with I, anyone. I tossed out the two-tier thing. Maybe there's, like, the, the yeah. uh, auxiliary White Council, which, like, some extra people. And then there's, like, you know, a couple days of closed meetings of just, like, the inner circle. Mm. Yeah. But that, if we did something like that, that would give us an excuse to invite some other people. Because, yeah, both Saruman and Galadriel are not going to see the benefit of yeah. inviting everybody to this meeting yeah, yeah. oh yeah no, you're right you're right the yeah. off-white council yeah you were the <laughs> off-white council, the white council. <laughs> <laughs> the off-white council meeting is where the serious drinking happens like that's <laughs> well and so when i'm thinking about for example balin i'm not thinking of him actually being a part of the council meeting i'm thinking about he him just being in the area and having a conversation with somebody. Could be, um, but could, if this is a white council meeting and that alone, this is probably a pretty secret thing. I don't think a lot of people know about the existence of the white council, much less yeah. where they are. I'm not convinced it's a thing. Like, really a thing. Like a right. uh-huh. full, yeah. formal thing. So I, here, and in part, I'm thinking about like the history of the white council in Tolkien's imagination. Right. Yeah. When the White Council is mentioned in The Hobbit, it is very clear that the White Council is a professional organization of, of wizards. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's like the American Medical Association or something. Yes. Right. I mean, it's 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 Gandalf has to go report in. Right. He's got to report into the guild. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. The yeah. guild of white wizards. And then and he was still talking was still thinking this way clearly in the early drafts of the Lord of the Rings when originally the witch king, who was originally the wizard king, which is a much more horrible name, um, is one of the white council members who goes rogue. And that's why he and Gandalf are like, you know, the mm. and of course, and that's what yeah. ends up inspiring the character of Saruman. Like, you know, when the witch king becomes something else, he's like, but I kind of like the rogue wizard idea and 
boom, Saruman, right? So, um, mm. so again, so originally the White Council just is like, this is the group of good wizards, the professional organization of good wizards who gets together. And then it kind of morphed, but when it morphed, it morphs into, I agree, Marie, with your elitist comment. I mean, it's just yeah. like, let's few wise people get together and make it. We're, we're not going to convince the whole continent for opinions, right? We're just going to get together and have this, have this discussion. But I do think, but again, the problem is the pro, one of the problems that I have with the list of people that we know were there. Like, well, obviously we can include all those people, but I don't think that that need be a, a complete list. Right. Sure. Because I don't some think you of the need people... to be in a story or have a ring to be at the White Council. Like, I don't think that's the requirement. Right. Exactly. I mean, because some of the characters were not even really like invented yet. <laughs> you know, when that when that when that kind of came when that came around. So, um, but it yeah, has anyway. to be characters who would have an interest in sitting down at a meeting and discussing the fate of the world. Job yeah. requirements would consider facing a Balrog in single combat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So you don't have one... to have faced a Balrog, had have a ring of power, or be in a starry. Like that's it's not like the, that's the requirement. And if you right. don't meet that, we don't want right. you. Did you or right, do you or have you ever had a ring of power? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if so, you're invited. Um, right. No. Exactly. So I I, I think um, I don't see any reason why we can't have a larger membership. I I agree that we're we're not going to be making it this shouldn't be like the un of middle earth right mm, yes um, i agree so uh, clearly but um uh but yeah but, but it is should, it like the it un security council <laughs> i was just gonna say that, <laughs> like gonna do that. yeah yeah it sounds like a rather strange country club well yeah <laughs> Yes, it does yes it does so okay so but on that dwarves basis, need not apply who, oh, that's awkward. Else, that's who else would we want to include in the discussions? Gandalf, Radagast, Saruman, um, Elrond, accompanied by Glorfindel and Arwen. Uh-huh. Right. Um, we would want Círdan. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need Galdor. He doesn't need to bring Galdor with him, though he could. Um, it would be interesting if for him to be present though because we know him right Galdor and Aristor are the two others who are like not necessarily important in themselves but they're speakers they could at the be Council there of as part of so. people's entourages right yeah I'm fine with people bringing people with them yes. yeah yeah like Galadriel could even bring Celeborn sorry he I, should be there mean. he <laughs> should be there <laughs> That was mean. I could have made a meaner joke, but our our Caliborn is awesome. Our Caliborn is is present at the White Council as a member, full member, full member, full member. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, uh, But yeah, like we don't have to bring like Haldir or you know other Galathrim with us. No, but to go back to your question of is Thranduil invited? It's an important question because if you're really trying to get leadership potential to make a plan to do something you'd think you'd want to talk to people like him or the brand new king of rohan or you know at least right he's not one of the wise right i don't think that's how most people would describe the randall yeah and and i think that that's really the the kind of guiding star of 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 who is 
part of the white council is who do the people that we know are in the white council consider to be the wise mm-hmm. sorry i will have to get meow's suggestion can we have one episode where we have a white council zoom call via, via palantir please <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a terrible idea. Um, the Before nearest. Evil pa- dark okay, so there's definitely a Palantir in the Tower Hills at this time, so that one's available. The one from Weathertop is gone, so they can't use that. Can't use that um, one. Saruman has one, but he's not going to tell everybody that he's got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are some um, available, but they're still they're all hidden. So yeah, yeah, and and all of them have a direct connection to all eyeball all the time. Who just woke like, up though? I like the idea of them. They're doing this, and then they're like someone else dials in. They're like, "Hey, who is that?" <laughs> Wait, dialing... let me figure out how to mute him. Who shared the link? How to manage their <laughs> attendees? Unfortunately, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yes Uh, the are you guys talking about my little pony (laughs) well the um, deep cut I recognize recognize that reference (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but but if we want it if we do want to have a larger gathering that has some other purpose and then the white council meeting is happening in the context of that gathering yes then we would have a lot of flexibility to do whatever we wanted with yeah, characters. Right. And you could do, you could have this council meeting be a thing that's happening that nobody knows is happening because nobody should know. Yes, yeah, so um, it can be a secret meeting. Which means that if this is an elvish gathering, Saruman is not, his presence is not known to the general public. Gandalf could be there. Um, but I feel like if people knew that Saruman was there, they'd know something was up. Be- who? Um, what, it, what people? If there were el- other elves there. Okay. Present. And they knew, they saw Saruman walk in. It's like, okay, that doesn't happen a lot. Because okay. he doesn't travel. Right. Travel. Like Gandalf is all over the place and so him being yeah. there is perfectly him understandable. being there and R- radagast showing up two days late right no big totally deal. normal yeah Al- and alron Al- and galadriel being yeah so especially if, if galadriel is hosting this event and it's um, kind of in alron's backyard like one other issue with with this being totally secret uh it probably limits our ability to just like have random characters show up like, yeah. Oh, no. No. They can show up for the th- for the thing for the, the festival, festival. If there, with if there is and a they thing. can have contact with our council characters. Oh, I can't so there decide are, so, whether or not I think so if like the if the Harad brother yeah. comes to deliver news to Gandalf, he's coming because he knows Gandalf is at the festival. Not I'm delivering news to the White Council. Right. 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 If we do that two tier thing, which I sounds like you are not really well, comfortable with i'm dubious I, I i yeah i mean i think it's fun but i'm wondering first of all i feel like it, it strikes me that much. a festival of that kind like a continent-wide general invite is that's a pretty bloody big deal right yeah. i mean like 
that's a huge event to throw. That's that's like yes. that's like you know the World's Fair or something, right? right. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes, the Middle Earth World's for, Fair. So so considering the time period that we're involved in the the technolo- technology level and all that, this has got to be a year long event. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was another thing I was thinking. This is not a like a weekend in a hotel conference no. room kind of session. No. Yeah. No, they, well, that's they, good. That gives us that gives us flexibility. These if people we do it. live there for a while. It's yeah. it's like the Estalad yeah. or the and, thing. And the elves have been planning it for 200 years. <laughs> right. Exactly. They've like built an entire city to, to, to host it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would also explain why that maybe there aren't a lot of mortals invited. Because when they prepared the guest list, most of them weren't alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the reason the the that there's no mortals invited is because of the um the oh my gosh the continuity issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what what are you gonna do? You're gonna invite like, sure, this guy's wise right now. But then I gotta find another person. (laughs) He's wise today, but is he gonna be wise in fifty years? We're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time humans get any kind of wisdom, they're they got one foot in the grave. It doesn't like it's not useful. Yeah. So so we don't have to do the Olympic Village with the White Council meeting if people don't want an Olympic Village going on. It is really attractive to bring. I kind of like it. I kind of like the idea of having the opportunity to bring lots of people together, um, especially in the way in which that kind of parallels the union of Mithros and enables Mm -hmm. us to play off some of that stuff. But again, I'm not sure we're not biting off too much there. I mean, that's my concern is, yeah, is there's enough characters in the core council. Part of the whole, which was the whole beauty point was to make a little bottle thing where we only needed to have one set. Yes. Yeah. For the frame this season. Like, here's your set. You can wander around the set and do all different things in and out of the, this yes. council space, but it's all right here. And now we're like, yes, but there's a giant fair so right here. And people come in from all over. Yeah. This, this is this is how it happens. This is this is how mm. This um, is how it gets out of hand. Yes. Yeah. We we, we I think we, we might have to nip this one in the bud. Okay. So to avoid get this. my bud nipper. <laughs> what we would have to do is say that each of the known white council members brings a small entourage with them. Uh, yes. Because they're not traveling alone, probably. And that's yeah. how you get your two-tier right. setup. So there is a support staff for yes. the white council meeting. Yeah, Galadriel's not cooking her own food. No. Like, it's just, yeah. she, she's got if people we, for that. If we do this, do we... Do we plausibly believe that this is a, a secret meeting? All these people are traveling from all these places. People are going to see him traveling there. The people who are... But they're meeting in a deserted place. Aregian's not inhabited. Yeah, there's nobody there to see where they all... To see them all meet. Except nobody... for Crevain from Dunland. <laughs> right. Nobody's nobody's bringing an army, so we're not... They're, nobody's right. concerned about, like, well, what if a marauding band of orcs happens upon us? I... I mean, There's all a, these guys together. I'm not really that like. They're all. They all have brought some people, so they they do have a security detail. So right. let let me ask you this, Dave: How many people in in do we think that Glorfindel by himself can handle <laughs> That's with no support whatsoever? Then we go to Galadriel, Saruman, yes. Gant, like. 
Glorfindel, the one man army. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, like, yeah we're talking about hundreds. Yeah. Who in Middle Earth is going to be attacking this gathering? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a really dumb orc, okay? And I, got, I, I suppose, a I suppose troll. maybe trolls suppose are maybe, not smart. <laughs> maybe what we could all, maybe what we could also do is we could have um, uh, uh, sons of Elrond with mm-hmm. bands of uh, elves and Dunedain running a screen. Out. Yep, yeah, running a screen. And that's yeah. where we get our Aragorn cameo is huh? because there we know we go. he's gone out into the wild and who's he going to start with? He's going to yeah. start with Sons of Elrond and the Dunedain, the people he knows. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Aragorn is also part yeah. of the defense team um, because this is so early in his going out into the wild. He doesn't have a direction or a purpose yet. He's not really doing his own thing. And you can trust him and Halmorod with the information that there's an important gathering going on. Nobody yep. else has to know what's happening or yep. where it's happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when we make contact with Aragorn, it's like in the dead of the night, way outside of where the um yep. of where the meeting is being held. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about And does uh and does 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 uh Aragorn get to deliver the news that we hey, we uh we just like killed some spies from Mordor. That's real weird. Why what are they doing out here? Yeah. And it turns out that they actually work for Sauron. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, yeah, this um, sounds like this actually I think this works pretty good. If yeah, they pretty... do run into villains of some sort, they're probably from Moria. Yep. Cuz that's where the biggest pile of orcs currently resides True. in that general area. So they're and not right spies from Sauron. Yeah. yeah. They're, so there's not going to, and well, okay. We could have some spies from Sauron. Like, obviously there could be werewolves yeah. or something, well, right? I'm thinking like, I'm thinking the only reason I mentioned that is just something that, something that like, you know, like stumbling on orcs from Moria seems like, yeah, well, we're over here. That makes sense. But like, if you something weird that doesn't you, you yeah. something sim- sinister is what you're looking yeah something for. sinister mm-hmm. that doesn't add up that like should add to the concern that mm. that the forces of evil are coordinating and are, if, are are somewhat aware of what we're doing. Well, Galadriel can mention that Del Goldor is not still safe. Yep. Yes. Like, because she cleared the place out and it was good for a minute. Yep, now reoccupied. But it's reoccupied. Or Radagast could, because he's right there. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he, he could be are like, uh, my house again. Right. So he can exactly. be like, not. Uh, <laughs> not. So yet. So like, he, he so good that. news, everybody. I cleared out Dol Guldur, and Radagast is like, about that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely so hearth fires have... running in Dol <laughs> Yeah, I, I need I need a re up on my um on my uh, working. Yeah. Uh, yes. Contract. Thank you very yes. much. Not visited recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And I, and I figure if we need, if we decide at some point, we're like, wow, it'd be really great if we had a messenger deliver news about this thing. We can, we can find a way to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, especially since, I mean, Gandalf is our ace in the hole where it comes to any of that stuff, right? Because. Yeah. Gandalf has been everywhere and knows everybody. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. And okay. people might think to look for him over on this side of the continent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it is like, it is pretty funny. Like, you know, 
this is one of those like thanks Tolkien situations where it's like he just you know like why why is it how come we don't know where this was happening right well so okay so one of the things I was just looking at was like the trajectory of the White Council so in Appendix B Tolkien mentions four White Council meetings the White Council is formed back in 2400 in the same year, coincidentally, that the ring is found by Diego. Um, so, like 500 years ago, um, the White Council was formed. doesn't say a thing about why or what they did or said at that first meeting. They just got together for crumpets or something in 2400. Um, and, then in, and then the next meeting happens in like 2850-ish. Um, and that's when Gandalf says, hey, let's like drive this necromancer dude out of Dol Guldur. And Saruman's like, no, let's not. And then they meet again, of course, in the year of The Hobbit. And that's when, and then Saruman says, okay, fine. I'll drive, well, I agree. Let's drive the necromancer out of Mirkwood. And then we have this meeting, right? So this is the fourth and final meeting of the White Council here. So the idea of like increased paranoia, increased tension among the members and increased paranoia, like this group has a whole history and this is the last time they're ever going to meet. Right. Right. So they're going to lose faith in each other a little bit. Yeah. Based on past history and current events. Yeah. And if this was supposed to be, we're the world's last hope to defeat Sauron. And we can't even agree with ourselves as to what we should be doing to defeat Sauron. And let's just let it go for a while and see what happens. That's a really weak final note to end on. That that's yes. the White Council failed. Like yeah. right in the, at this point, it's very clear that okay, they cleared out Dol Guldur, but it's already reinfested ten years later. They did nothing. So in the five hundred years they've existed, what do they have to show for themselves other than? We are watching and waiting to see what Sauron's going to do. Right, right, exactly. Um, and that's that's actually a really interesting. Um, it's really interesting to compare that with the Union of Mithros, which seems much more positive and proactive, but also in the end fails. And right. you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, having the White Council be basically declared a failure at the end, um, and this is. This is one of the reasons why I I feel like the White Council should be more of a not just hey I know we know some wise folks let's get together and talk occasionally and when we do we'll call it the White Council right like the White Council needs to be like an initiative that is now petering out and failing and coming to an end right um to say a bunch of really wise and powerful friends got together to see if they could do something about things and in the end didn't, that's more like a personal failure, it's, if you see what I mean, yeah. rather than like an institutional failure. This should be like an institutional failure of the White Council. Um, yeah. Saruman's a huge part of that, of course, but he can't be the only part of that. No, Because um, they would just reconvene without him. If that were really <laughs> right, the issue, exactly. right? Well, what's what's interesting is that a version of the White Council does reconvene without him, Council but none of them plan 
on yeah. who's going to be there. They yes. all happen to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Right. That's it's, very interesting. It's just a random chance, I assume. But right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So that's the White Council as it should have been. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which does have people from all over represented and giving voice to the current dilemma. It's so that's what this more one more democratic. Yeah. So that's what this one can't be. Like yeah. it's not that I was opposed to a meeting with yep. people from all no, over. No, no, no. I You're just right. didn't want it to be the Council of Elrond. <laughs> right. Right. No, right. I, I hear no, that. Yeah, yeah good exactly point. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think that's the exact mistake Galadriel would make. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So she's also not at the Council of Elrond. <laughs> She's she also not the Council of Elrond, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, in fact, yeah, it turns out vote Saruman uh, and Galadriel off the Council, and everything's much better then. Like that, then you yeah. really start moving, <laughs> and re- and replace them with Merry and Pippin. <laughs> no, no, no. Or at least Frodo and Sam, yeah. Or or Gimli and Legolas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Or Bilbo. Boromir, like that's Bilbo. Yeah, like John there were Bilbo. people. There were people at the Council of Elrond that were from many different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of um, him would have been considered wise by any like, like a gardener, for example. Right. I mean, I mean, of course, he wasn't invited. He wasn't, he wasn't invited at all. Right. He was just there. Um, okay. So do we <laughs> want to... Point. Wait, let's think more about these. Well, it's getting late, and we're not going to have time to flesh out a whole detailed story. But thinking just about a few more elements here. We know the Saruman issue. I think it would be interesting to have... We know that there's Gandalf-Saruman tension. And even Saruman to the Gandalf-Goadriel alliance tension. Yes. Right? As we discussed. Um, I think it would be cool to show that it's partially Gandalf's fault. That is to say, Gandalf isn't just innocent. It's not like Gandalf is awesome and Saruman is is horrible, right? That well, like, I'll bet you he's keeping stuff from them. Yeah. Um, like both of them are keeping. He stuff could from report the existence of a magical ring, a magical ring, which could very possibly be one of the great rings. Yeah, yeah. he could report that information, and he doesn't. Well, the problem yeah. is. If it's a great ring and you've seen it and you know it doesn't have a gem on it, there's really only one great ring it could be. Right. Right. So according but to Saruman's testimony, yes. Yes. But I'm just saying, Gandalf can't mention, hey, I know this hobbit who has a magic ring. Oh, yeah. he can totally believe he has reasons for keeping that information. Yeah. Right, but he Secret. is keeping that. Yeah, right. but he's totally keeping it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And by doesn't the way, also, I do... doesn't he doesn't he doom this whole endeavor from the beginning by by uh, refusing the to be the head of the council? Well, so... I'm not sure he refused. Galadriel <laughs> wanted him to be in charge, and Saruman ended up in charge. Saruman arrived in Middle Earth first. So yes. the big question: Who supported Saruman? Yeah. Radagast, because Radagast, They're I, I think buddies, Radagast. right? Yeah, what? Radagast came over with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Radagast... possibly Kierden. Kierden, well, would have met them all gives when they first Gandalf arrived. The I know. Ring, so... Kierden clearly actually prefers Gandalf, but maybe in the 
interest of forming a council, he sees Saruman as more the leadership, run a meeting type. So, so also, I think that Elrond might have initially thought that Saruman thought more the way that he does. It would be interesting to have Elrond have been a Saruman yeah. supporter. I mean, it, it, it's almost inevitable that he must have been. Yeah. Right. If Galadriel and Elrond and Kyrdin were all pro Gandalf, yeah, we would have gotten Gandalf. We would have yeah. gotten yeah. Gandalf. Clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I th- I think that he may have seen Saruman as a as a kindred thinker and a a a, a person interested in how the pieces are moving with each other and how it all works. And at I think by this point, I would say maybe he he thinks that that was not the right way to go. So um, if according to um, my recent theory of what being the white wizard means, right? My recent theory is that the to be the white wizard, like the job description attached to being the white is you are the leader of the anti-Saruman forces or Sar- Sauron forces. Like your job yes. is to, <laughs> that would be an ironic job for Saruman. Um, yeah. Your job is to oppose the enemy, to lead the opposition against the enemy. Yeah. Right. And so by electing him, by appointing him the head of the white council and making him thereby, I would say Saruman, the white, he is, um, what people have exactly said is not just you run a good meeting will put you in charge for like logistical purposes, but rather like you are the one who is going to be metaphorically leading metaphorically and quite likely eventually literally leading us into battle against Sauron. So right. like, that's the qualification I think that Saruman has to show that he has. Um, I mean, and I, 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 I take this judgment based primarily on the way that Gandalf talks when he's the white, right? Yeah. If, he's, if he, when he is acting as Gandalf the white, is Saruman as he should have been, he's showing yes. us what Shara Saruman ought to have been doing, yes. right? And wasn't doing. And the fact and, of what also, like, Sar- Saruman's research into the Rings of Power looks like him doing his job. Yes. Right? And not, setting up and like. setting up a stable place where he's going to be. Like you can find Saruman. Yes. It's he's easy to find Saruman. Yeah. Right. Gandalf is not leading the order. Right. He's not leading the White Council because you can't just go and talk to him. Right. You have to wait for him to show up at your door. Right. Because you never know where he's going to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which it turns out is exactly what the White Wizard should be doing, but right sure the idea of what looks like leadership though Elrond has seen how Gil-Galad was high king that's his standard for leadership I would imagine so if he had to choose between Radagast the guy who hangs out in the woods and talks to birds Gandalf the pilgrim who walks around all the place and you don't know where he is ever or, and also maybe comes across as a little bit eccentric and forgetful. Like Gandalf has a persona that is like, oh, what's going yeah. on here? Which is not real. And short-tempered. But... And... Yeah, like he, yeah. he has a persona yeah. that's like, wait, how, how how trustworthy is this guy? Yeah. Until you get to know. Not very, actually, very much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
but you know, at first impression might yeah. have been not yeah. great, and then looks a little they, squirrely. Yeah, and then Saruman is like, "Let's get all the lore together. I'm going to establish a home base. I'm going to make friends with the steward of Gondor and the king of Rohan." Like he seems to be building things up and getting it in place to prepare for the yeah action but then when they get the council together and say what are we going to do he says no action needed at this time right and they're like but it's your job to do the action bit right (laughs) so i think that's what the dissolving is looking like here i agree i agree um yeah yeah um i think the gogawad parallel is very good that that makes um a lot of sense that Mm. he would have that he would strike Elrond as the most gilgalad esque of the candidates. Yeah. At first impression. Obviously, once yeah. Elrond gets to know Gandalf, they become good friends. And Elrond's opinion of him would improve over time, presumably. Right. Right. He still has to, like, chastise him at the Council of Elrond. So Gandalf <laughs> is still very much doing his own thing that Elrond didn't sign off on. Right. Yes, exactly. And, um... Yeah, no, I mean, that, I think it's perfectly sensible for us to depict, like, when that Gandalf turns out to be the leader of the good guys, that he turns out to be, you know, Saruman as he should have been, is itself an underdog story, is like, yes. uh, you know, that's that's a you catastrophe in itself that nobody would have seen coming. The uneducated viewer should not see it coming, in fact. No. No, no. I mean, and I was going to make a joke about uh, it's too bad we can't actually cast Sylvester McCoy as Gandalf, um, but uh, <laughs> but I won't make that joke. Um, anyway, but but yes, like we we to to have um, Gandalf looking seeming unreliable, uncertain, um, Goadriel's. What Goadriel sees in him should be kind of unusual. Like, she she wants Gandalf, she wanted Gandalf to be the leader. Everyone else would have thought that was insane. Um, well, if not insane, anyway, a, a pretty off-the-wall suggestion uh, of Goadriel. I don't think, again, as you say, El- Elrond is going to, they're going to become friends. They're going to get to know each other better down the road, but... Um, he wouldn't necessarily uh, be on board. And uh, anyway, and, and even Kierden, who gave him the ring, so clearly has some respect for him, doesn't necessarily see this as his role, right? Like that's right. not what he's like. the 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 speech Kierden makes when he gives Gandalf the ring of fire is not like and go lead the good guys into battle against the enemy with this. Like that's not what it's for. Right. Exactly. No, the whole kindling hearts thing sounds like a support role. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He's, he's the healer in the party. Yes. Yes. That's it. Um, yes. He's like the uh, the fourth edition warlord from uh, fourth edition D anD D, which nobody played, so nobody gets the reference. But you know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So. What else? Any other issues or um, um, kind of 
plot lines that we want to put in or develop here. Besides the fact that if it's going to take place in a Regan, we have to have one of... We have to have, like, Goadriel talking to the stones at some point. Mm. Um, just saying. If Lego stones of Eregian, are saying, Goadriel is going to yeah. full-on conversation with them. Um, yeah. But, um... Or, like, Elrond, you know, would be hanging out with them and would they'd recognize him. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, apart from small details like that, I... I, I um, um, Are there any characters that you don't want to show up in this frame? Gollum. Okay. Yeah. Where Where is he right now? Stop. It's not serious. He's no, already... no, but I mean, he mm. was he was in Mirkwood in a few years two. ago. Yeah, that's like ten years ago now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when he gets caught. He would probably be in the Greater Arabor region by now, probably right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't remember when he's captured. I was just naming somebody that I had no Gollum, expectation whatsoever would be there. Gollum meets Shelob in 2980, which is the year that... Um, the engagement. Yes, that's the, how we're going to end off the the first age here. So we have the opportunity to show what Gollum is up to in our final frame for season one, or for uh, first age. Yep, yep. Are Gollum and Shelob a parallel for uh... for something? Uh, yeah, for something. And Angoliant. Oh, t- are we gonna oh, that, have? Yeah, there is that. The death of Angoliant. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have the death of Angoliant. Okay. Same season. Just saying. Um. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. The, the point is, yeah, so there are certain things we're not going to get into. Yeah. That's one of them. <clears throat> no yes. hobbits, I think. No hobbits. Yep. Yeah, no hobbits. Unless we want to have, like, just like a like a, uh, like a took out on an adventure. Maybe That's get far maybe... field for a took adventure. Yeah. What if Gandalf? What if Gandalf just took brought brings brought, the Hobbit with him? Shows, everyone shows the, up with their little. Oh my gosh! It's old Took. <laughs> oh no no! Old Took's old old old, 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 old old Yeah yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But if this, I would love to see Gandalf show up with the Gandalf Hobbit. showing. No, well, I'd love to see Gandalf showing up with like the old Took at his side at some point because that would be really entertaining. Also, shouldn't we shouldn't we do something with this with with this with the comment that Bilbo makes at the beginning of the Hobbit about Gandalf being responsible for lads and lasses going off on adventures? Yeah, it's too late for that, unfortunately. Though we're already post Hobbit. Yeah, right. well, that's right. what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like 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 in some sometime in like the late Third Age stories, we we got to yeah. find an excuse to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think we can we can have 
early days of Gandalf in the Shire, and mm-hmm. we can certainly have we can drop Gandalf references. taking some tooks on adventures later on. But yeah, Bilbo having gone on adventure is can the Bilbo adventure that we do. We want to see Bilbo. I, I mean, if he's going to bring a hobbit, it would be Bilbo. Most it would be Bilbo. Would be, thing yeah, is, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Gandalf's yeah, yeah. hobbit friend right now is Bilbo. Yep. So if he's going to bring somebody, but yeah. I don't. I think he should show up alone. That's the thing. If everybody else has their people and their entourage, and Gandalf's just wandering around on Gandalf his own, being yeah. The weird loner, yeah, like the that's weird what he does. Eccentric loner, like Radagast yeah. in that way. Yeah, like Radagast isn't going to bring people with a busy. He might bring pets. He might bring some pets. He brings pets. Yeah. There you go. But he also kind of looks like he is Saruman's entourage. So, I mean. Right. Right. Radagast is the entourage. Wormtongue's dad. (laughs) Galmod? Galmod, yeah. (laughs) That's that's a reach. (laughs) That's a deep cut right there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I think we're, well, I think we're good. I mean, obviously there's a lot more to resolve, but I, how, exactly how we have it play out, I think is doable as we work through the episodes and think through, mm. I mean, we're, we're obviously not really close to an outline, but we don't need to be. Um, no, some of the main decisions were supposed to be what's the main point of what's happening. Who's our point of view character? Where's the story taking place? And we've answered most of that. Although who is our point of view character for this frame? Galadriel. <laughs> the fact that you didn't say the same name means we probably should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, I guess it can't be Arwen because she won't be at the actual meetings. Why not? I. She could be. She can be there without necessarily there. having a. A. She uh, is a... on the top of my list of people who don't have a bigger role because she wasn't invented in time. Like she didn't get retconned mm-hmm. into things. Like her name's not uh, there I see. because I see. I see. She had been in, She hadn't. Okay. She didn't exist when the list was made. Okay. Um. But. But, that's but not I her don't fault. think. But I, we also just did her story in the last season, so we probably no, want to shift the no, point of view I, 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 back I don't to Galadriel now. View character for that reason. Yeah, I think. What if I we, think Galadriel's a better character. I was going to say, what if we choose a more minor character, not one of the major characters at all? So our point of view character can talk to all the major characters, yes. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it, I don't think it should be one of the one of the big big. big and Glorfindel appears in the main story this season because we'll go to Gondolin a few times throughout the season. So Glorfindel's not a bad one. And you'll think like, oh, we've seen him in the frame. We know he survives. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone will be really confused by the continuity when we kill him off in a few seasons. Which is just where you should be with Glorfindel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, and and of all the people to have contact with the security detail outside, Glorfindel is is pretty high on my list. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Glorfindel meeting up with Aragorn or the yeah. Sons of Elrond makes perfect sense. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay. Love and it. any messengers coming to the camp would go through Glorfindel. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay. And now I really he's head of intelligence. Mm. I now go. really want to find an excuse to have. Gandalf shows uh, show up somewhere in a later story, main story, with uh, with Bulror Tuck 
in tow. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It'll depend how much third age story we decide to tell. And so I'm going to ask Gandalf who that guy is. And he says, that's my bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, so good. Yeah. Glorfindel. Let's, let's do Glorfindel point of view. Um, we didn't talk much about how hope specifically gets worked, like how the theme connects. Well, I think I think the th- the way the theming connects is is they're trying to build a coalition in the same way they're trying to the perils with create... the Mithros are pretty cool. right yeah yeah they, and the failure's to... the same right they're trying to create the victory the the path to victory on their own and it doesn't work because th- th- this isn't what Iluvatar has in mind yeah um yeah. and it's the same it, like it's the parallels very very right close. and then they just have to try because it's gonna be if you could say it this Glor- way go ahead oh i was gonna say glorfindel can very easily be the voice of they shall come again mm-hmm. right like i i don't have a problem with giving glorfindel that level of that's SL. true yeah because i mean why is he even in middle earth right now it yeah has that's- to be estelle reasons like he doesn't yeah. need to be here this is not his fight that's yeah. true if, if anybody really understands that concept it's him yeah yeah but i was gonna say thinking of the parallel that we were making before about how the council of elrond is like the white council as it should have been the white council the 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 white council meeting can be like the failed umdir council yes the council of elrond is the estel council right yeah Yes. Yes. Right. And so that's that they perceive that that's the only path forward at the end, even though it's not going to be played out until the Council of Elrond. But um, well, we can all we need to do is find a way to to point to the Council of Elrond somehow. Um, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Okay. so let's say Arwen is very disappointed by the outcome of the Council. And Glorfindel is trying to encourage her. And she can be like, we needed to do this. We need to get all this all together. If it doesn't happen, we're all going to lose. Everyone's going to die. This is terrible. And Glorfindel can be like, big picture here. That's not how the story ends. Like, yeah, this yeah. didn't like it, it didn't go the way you wanted. But there's we'll find another way. Like there will be another way. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, but what? And he's like, oh, we can't see it yet. You know, like, well, we'll get there. Now wasn't the time. Day will come again. Like, Glorfindel can point her in the direction of, you don't give up just because the first thing didn't work. Yeah. Right. Young child. <laughs> it would be interesting if he, if he very, very obliquely prophesied the uh, her eventual marriage. Yeah. He, he's a prophetic voice kind of guy. Yeah. And he's like what is he doing in middle earth he's choosing to hang out with elrond who is a descendant of turgon mm. like it's possible he's doing the same job as when he helped rescue little letter endil from mm. the fall of gondolin yeah like he's still on duty <laughs> right yeah yep and yep. yeah so if he's looking out mm-hmm. future i'm aware of that one <laughs> yeah yeah 
So, yeah, we'll come up with something. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's a good plan. So, um, the next session will be in two weeks on November sixteenth, um, and it's time to begin working out more of the details of the stories we're going to be covering. Um, we have the general plan. We have the whole big scope. We have the general plan. We have the um, we have the frame concept. Now it's time to basically start working towards a um, an episode outline uh, for the season. Um, and so, in order to do that, we need to we need to refine the primary stories. What exactly we're going to cover, um, so that we can figure out how to bring that stuff together into the episode outline, and then we'll be ready to think, start thinking our way episode by episode through. Mm-hmm. Um, so next time, Huron and Huor. The prime, you know, Huron's our point of view character, so we want to define their story, and that way everything else will be fitting in there. The Gondolin stuff, the Easterlings stuff, all those, uh, you know, the Mithro stuff, even all that stuff will be fitting into the Huron and Huor story next time. All right, very good. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, that was fun, and uh, we will look forward to getting back into the main plot in a couple weeks. And I will say, in the meantime, thanks for listening, and Godspeed.